comes up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org, or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414. A big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have that white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and we have a powerful, powerful message for our monthly CD this month, and it's by our good friend James Payne, and yes, he will be at our Threefold Chord Conference, September 28, 29, and 30. James will be here on the 29th and 30th. He will be doing a concert Saturday night, and then he's going to preach a message Sunday morning, a message that you need to hear, so... Try to be here for our conference, and if you can't make it, then we will try to record it that you'll be able to call us and request a free copy of it. Yes, our CDs are free, and it takes a lot of resources to continue this ministry, giving away free CDs to whosoever all across this country. And yes, we need your help. So if you can help us in any way, then we ask you to give us a call, email us, Contact us and let us know. We want to work with you and we want to make you part of this threefold cord, tying all of the ministries together to reach this country with the gospel message. Our 2018 threefold cord conference is going to be powerful. It's going to be at Trinity Assembly of God Church, 1600 Saunders Avenue. You can log on to lonesomeroad.org or trinityag.us 
and you'll be able to find out all the details about that. We're going to try to put it on our websites. Just like I told you, James Payne's coming. Barbara Fairchild is coming this year. Yes, that's right. Barbara Fairchild. This will be her first year here, so you don't want to miss this year. We also have Roger Barkley Jr. going to be here for the very first time. Man, he is a powerful singer-songwriter that I met in West Plains, Missouri at the ICGMA Awards Show. And he is an award-winning artist, and you'll love him too. And we also got a lot of your favorites, uh, Dan Duncan, The McKay Project, Bill Shell, Joe Arview, Candy and Michelle McMullen, Jim and Ann Davenport, Daryl Spicer, Channel 21 Ministries, Galen Taylor, Faith on the Move Ministries. And of course, we're going to have that great meal provided for you by Rodan Transportation. So, hey, September 28, 29, and 30. Mark your calendars be here. And now we're going to start today's program with James Payne. What a great song by James Payne. I know you're going to love this. This is his latest song. It's called The Old Man is Dead. And guess what, friends? This is one song that James sings that he didn't write. So you know this has got to be a powerful, powerful song for James to sing this. And it's uh, written by his good friend, Del Way. Here's James Payne. seen in some time will stop by and ask me where I've been what's on my mind they want to know why I'm not drinking still painting this old town red I just tell them I'm serving Jesus now And the old man is dead The man you see before you We may look a lot the same We may wear the same clothes And have the same old Such a wicked life I had no hope inside I was lost in darkness Just searching for a light Then one night In a little church After hearing what the preacher said I gave my life to Jesus Now the old man is dead 
Friends, and now I want to put on one more song by James Payne. It's called The Night Jack Daniels Met John 316. This is one of the greatest songs you'll ever hear, and it's my favorite song by James Payne. It's on. I asked James if we could put this on our Lonesome Road Volume 2 CD, and he gave me permission not only to put this one on, but he said I could also use the flag. And so both of those songs of James Payne are on our Lonesome Road Volume 2. You can order that from our website, lonesomeroad.org, or you can just give me a call at 618-383-2107. We'd love to send you a copy for any donation that you want to send to Lonesome Road Ministries to help keep these free CDs going around the world. Here's James Payne. I remember the night, the end of my road in a motel in Nashville searching for hope in my hand was a Bible I read as a child but on the table was a bottle that was driving me wild I poured the whiskey into the glass I prayed it would help me forget my past then I read how Jesus died on that tree and I poured out the whiskey and I fell down on my knees and that night Met John 3.16 God's word broke the hold That he had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey For Calvary's tree That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 Tell them. 
what happened to me That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 God's word broke the hope That he had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey For Calvary's tree That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 friends here's this month's message by our good friend James Payne I want to talk to you for just a few moments on the power of one seed planted in the right place at the right time Jesus found me in a hospital room in 1968 as a mainline heroin addict and alcoholic after my third overdose of drugs they pronounced me dead and pulled the sheet up over my body. I was not raised in a Christian home. I'd never been to church, never heard a sermon. Jesus came in that room and pulled the sheet back from my body and touched me on my right foot and said, I'm going to raise you up and you're going to carry the gospel around the world. At that time, there was not one Christian television network on the air. Not one. 45 years ago. Jesus raised me up and I have preached on every Christian network around the world the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because when I got out of the hospital, I went to a little church. I got in the right place. On Sunday night, we had an evangelist and... I was like some people who watch Christian television. I was skeptical of any preacher that asked for money. And this evangelist came to our church and had the audacity to ask that we give an offering. At that time, I made $52 a week. My tithe was $5.20. I had a wife and a son. And there wasn't a lot of money left. But that particular week, I had $20. And that was probably like, 20000 today, but you could fill your car up, buy groceries, and go out to eat for $20 45 years ago. And I had $20, and I was taking it out during the service, and I was looking at it and putting it back in my pocket. And all of a sudden, the evangelist said, I'm going to Haiti this week, and I want to receive an offer. And he said, some of you have $20 in your pocket. And I thought, I should never have taken that $20 out. And, and I remember just, just clearly, I walked down. And, and, I, and I gave that $20, and I started back to my seat, and this evangelist stopped me. And he said, young man, boy, I feel the Holy Spirit on this. He said, your ministry and your music is going to go around the world. And that was strange because I had never sung a song, written a song, and, and the only close to gospel song I knew was I saw the light because it was on country radio. 
and I never knew what it meant. I just heard it. And, and as I stand here today, I can tell you that I've had over 900 different artists in every genre of music record songs that I've written. You've probably heard some of the songs. If you heard Mike Perky sing, Let's Have Church, I wrote that. And uh, several, if you heard Brother Jimmy Swaggart sing, His Blood Still Sets Men Free, I wrote that. You know, just, I could go on and on in every genre of music. But it all started with a seed. And not only did I get that word from God, before I left church that night, I had $100. had five $20 bills in my pocket that people had just walked up for no reason at all and put in my hand because I had obeyed God. I want to I just tell you, you're in the right place today. No matter where you're hearing my voice, you're in the right place. This is your time for God to do his greatest work and take you to your greatest level financially that you've ever been in. Today is the day to have the spirit of debt broken off your life and the spirit of increase released in your life so that God can bless you like you've never been blessed in all of your life. I've been debt-free for over 26 years now. God blessed me, and when I started uh, getting churches out of debt, God broke the spirit of debt in my life and, and hundreds and thousands of other lives. You know, uh, if we go to the Word of God when it comes to to seed, you'll find out if you read in Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 11 down through verse number 13, that when God was creating the heavens and the earth, on the third day, he created the seed. And just not any seed, it was seeding seed, or seed that could be planted. And it was on the third day because... Thousands years of years later, there was going to be another seed. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Just let me, let me point out that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 through 13, God created the seed on the third day of creation. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, it said God planted a garden. God did not speak the Garden of Eden into existence. He did not create it just by speaking it. He created the seed, planted the seed, and the seed brought forth a garden. God caused the seed to grow and a garden to come forth. And everything that pertained to life was in that garden. Everything that Adam and Eve needed was in that garden. And then God attached a law to that seed in Genesis 8.22. And it says, from the beginning of time to the end of time, there will be seed time and there will be harvest. <laughs> now, I asked them to bring some things to the, to the station today for me. Because I want to point out something that every one of these pieces of fruit have in common. If you cut them open, right here in the middle is seed. Now, I could take these seeds out of this apple, and I can count them. But guess what? Although I can count the seeds in this apple, 
There is no way I can count the apples in this seat. Now, let me, let me also point out something else to you. The greatest minds in the world cannot produce a seed that will bring forth a harvest. They can dissect it. They can put it under the microscope. They can tell you about the atoms and neutrons and protons that are in the seed, but they cannot produce a seed that will bring forth a harvest. Let me tell you why. Because when God on the third day created the seed, here's what he said. Thus saith the Lord, you are an apple seed and you will bring forth apples. So inside this seed is the word of God that you can't see under a microscope. All of heaven backs up this apple seed. The word of God backs up this apple seed and I don't care where you are in the world. Third world country, America, prosperous or not prosperous, if you take an apple seed and you put it in the ground, it'll bring forth the apple tree because the apple does not know if you're black, white. It does not know if you're Asian or Mexican. It does not know if you're educated or uneducated. All this seed knows is thus saith the Lord, you will bring forth apples because you are an apple seed. Amen. Amen. And it did not say from the beginning of time to hard times. It said from the beginning of time to the end of time. And the greatest challenge on the church today is not how to finance the end time harvest. The greatest challenge is how to harvest the end time finance. That's good. And that's what I want to help you with is how to finance The end time harvest, if I cut this lemon open, same thing is true. Right here in the middle of this lemon, there's lemon seeds. And the word of God is in this lemon seed. And that word is, thus saith the Lord, you will bring forth lemons. You are a lemon seed. If if I cut this peach open from Georgia, is this from Georgia or... North Carolina. But this is significant in that it only has one seed right here in the middle. And I've carried one of these seeds in my, uh, and this is a little stubborn peach here, but I've carried one of these seeds in my pocket for 25 years. Wow. And I have not had any peaches since. You know why? Just to have seed won't bring a harvest. In order to have peaches, you have to take this seed out of this peach and put it in the ground. You see, I've got a peach seed, but I don't have a peach tree because I've got the destiny of that seed locked up in my hand. But there's power in one seed planted in the right place at the right time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, it says, now there is a time to sow. That word time there in the Hebrew is K-I-R-O-S. And here's what it means. A window of opportunity created by a word from God. 
a window of opportunity created by a word from God. This little kiwi is the most exciting piece of fruit to me because, man, I want you just to, to, to look at the seeds in this one little old kiwi. Not one seed, not two or three seeds, but hundreds of seeds inside this little piece of fruit. And each one of them has the word of God in it. Thus saith the Lord. There will always be kiwi in the earth. If somebody will plant this seed, there will always be kiwi. Amen? Amen. Are you getting this? Well, I've got some more seed that they brought to me. This happens to be corn. Or no, this is watermelon. And, and, and the Lord, thus saith the Lord, from the beginning of time to the end of time, there'll be watermelon. Oh, I can't get no help. <laughs> Come on. This is tomatoes. Tomatoes, you know, I had some $20 tomatoes in my garden this year. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Time I bought them, fertilized them, worked on them, I figured they're $20 a piece. I could have went to the store and bought them a lot cheaper. But look how small these are. But if you plant these, they grow into a bush about this high that springs out. And watermelons are not watermelons, but, but tomatoes all over. And there's nothing better than a fresh tomato picked right off the vine. There's nothing better. Now, most people can agree until it comes to sowing this. <laughs> Am I right? But you see, this is made out of out of wood. Wood comes from trees. And in that first garden, they had a problem with the tree. And they still got a problem with the tree today. Come on. But Galatians 6, 7 says, whatsoever a man sows. If you want kiwis, you sow kiwis. If you want apples, you sow apples. If you want peaches, you sow peaches. If you want lemons, who wants lemons? Sow lemons. If you want watermelons, sow watermelons. If you want corn, sow corn. If you want peas, sow peas. Because inside that seed is the Word of God. And the Word of God is also inside this seed. And the Word of God that backs up this seed is in Luke 6, 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Malachi three ten. Bring the tithe and the offering to my house. Prove me. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive. God's word is in this seed. But you see, it's just like taking this corn and this watermelon seed and putting it in the pocket over here where I carry this peach seed. <laughs> Fifteen years from now, I'm still going to have seed, but I'm not going to have a harvest. And if you take this and you put it in your pocket, well, let's just say you put it in the stock market or, or the bank, you know, you're going to get a certain percentage. John D. Rockefeller was the first man uh, to become a, 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 a billionaire, first one. And here's what he said. He said <laughs> that a man's harvest depends on his seed. 
That's John D. Rockefeller. You know, at 52 years of age, he's a billionaire, and they tell him he's getting ready to die. So he got all of his men together and said, listen, uh, tell me how I can give this billion dollars away before I die. So they started giving it away. In the process, they discovered uh, penicillin. In the process, they discovered cure for malaria. In the process, John D. Rockefeller got healed and lived to be 98. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. My whole life is built on sowing and reaping. And I want to give you just some quick principles that I've learned over the years. My seed connects me to God's supply. My seed is a bridge that God brings the blessings over. My seed connects me to God's supply. I don't know about you, but when I got a seed in my hand, my seed's not enough to meet my need. So I got to connect that seed with something bigger than me. That's how I got out of debt. My wife and I were pastoring a church. We built a church from our living room to about 1,200 people. And a few years into this pastorate, the Lord said, now, I want you to turn this church over to someone else, and I want you to, to travel. You know, one week, I got people parking my car, carrying my briefcase in, and guarding me. <laughs> the next two weeks later, I'm in a storefront church in Oklahoma with 30 people that are mad, staying in Motel 4 and a half, Dr. Coops. They turned the light off when they saw you coming, you know, one of those places. And I got invited to do a telethon, never been to a telethon, got invited there to sing in Chicago. While I'm there, man, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm $247,000 in debt. I'm seven months behind on my house payment. Never happened before in my life. I'm driving an old raggedy vehicle that won't hardly make it from one place to the other. And I get there, and it don't seem like I'm in the right place, but divine placement, that's a word from God, Dr. Coons. I was there by divine appointment. I didn't know it, didn't know how I got there, but today, God was going to change my life forever. Because after the preacher preached, he said, I want so many people to plant a $1,000 seed. I said, what? Man, I never heard anybody be that bold. I want you to plant a $1,000 seed. Now, this is 27 years ago. $1,000 was a lot of money then, still is now. But I knew the Lord spoke to me. I didn't have $1,000, so I went over and filled out, you know, a card. I said, I'll pay it so much a month uh, until I get it paid. I left there, went to Arkansas, and I'm in church like this. I'm walking in, and this woman runs out of the crowd, runs down and grabs me around the chest, starts jumping up and down with me right in my face, screaming, I have found you. I have found you. Lord, have mercy. I was happily married to my wife. Man, I knew they're going to be a fight up in here, Bishop. They're going to, somebody going to happen up in here. Lord, have mercy. I'm trying to get away from this woman. I can't breathe. She's crushing my ribs. I'm trying to get away from her. Finally, I get her off on me. I said, my God, woman, get a hold of yourself. Divine placement. God had me in the right place. 
She said, I've been looking for you. She reached in, said, said here, God told me to give you $1,000. Nobody had ever given me $1,000 before. Nobody had given me $1,000 before. But, you know, as soon as I got that 1000 I thought, here's my, here's my seat. Here's my pledge. All right? So I go quickly, and I get an envelope, and I send that seed in. You know, you got to move quick when God talks to you, because I, I was thinking, boy, I could do this, and I need this. And I got, I have, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and so I just did it real quick. Well, I went to the next place, and somebody walked up to me and, and, and said, God told me to give you this, and gave me another $1,000. I mean, this just, I mean, it was exciting. And, uh, boy, that's all I had was $1,000. I think that, Lord, now, I got all this back at the house, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and, uh, and, and, and I was on my way to the only revival I had scheduled, and it canceled halfway there. And so I went and checked in a hotel. I was sick, and, and, and doctors had told me I was going to die at that time and, 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 and that I couldn't live, and I had such pain in my body. And, and, uh, and I told my wife, we checked in a hotel. I told the man, I said, listen, I'll go over to church in the morning. I'll get this check cashed, and, and I'll give you, uh, you know, the, your money for your room, and we'll put gas in this old van, and we'll try to go back to, to Nashville and just see what God's going to do. And I got up that next morning, went over to church I'd never been at before. This was the first church we paid off. First church we paid off. And I went in this church, and the Lord said to me, I was in the bathroom. He said, this church has a financial need. I said, Lord, have you checked, have you checked my, my situation lately? You know, yeah, I, I'm going to insert and inject a footnote here that you don't need to forget long as you live. There's three voices in the world that speak to you. The voice of your need, the voice of your greed, and the voice of your seed. You got that? The voice of my need was screaming at me. The voice of my greed was saying, don't give that $1,000. And the voice of my seed was saying, this church has a financial need. I want you to take an offer and I want you to give the first thousand. Do you want to get out of debt? You want to break the curse of debt? Do you want to break the, 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 the spirit of lack and want? You want to move to God's abundance? Then hear what I'm getting ready to say. I went in and sat down on the front row and the pastor asked me to come and receive an offering and I did. And uh, I gave that $1,000 and everybody rejoiced because I didn't know, but if they didn't have $10,000 at the bank on Monday morning, they're going to foreclose on their building because they're behind on their payments. God knew it, but I didn't. Everybody rejoiced. I started back to the hotel and all of a sudden it dawned on me, I can't pay that man what I promised him. We don't have any money to eat. I was having visions, Brother Todd, of a prison ministry at that point. I didn't know what I was going to do. But you see, God had set me up to plant a seed, one seed in the right place at the right time that was going to change my financial destiny. It didn't look like it. It may not look like it today as you watch me. It may not look like it today as you sit here in this studio. But God brings us together at divine moments, at the right place, at the right time to create an opportunity that will change your life forever. And that day he created that opportunity for me and I stepped in. I went back to the hotel, closed all the blinds, didn't know what I was going to do. And about uh, an hour or so later, there was a knock on my door and there's a man from the church. Remember your seed connects you to God's supply. Your seed connects you to God's supply. There was a knock on my door and there's a man from the church. He said, pastor wants to know if you can hold us a revival. I went over, I preached three weeks. 
They paid my motel. They gave us money to eat. In that three weeks, we paid that church mortgage off and had over 300 come to Christ. When I got back to Nashville, my mailbox started filling up. In 12 months, I was debt-free. My body was healed. 26 years now have transpired. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have a car payment. I don't owe anybody anything but to love them. Praise God. And 79 more churches have been added to that list. Oh, hallelujah. Because I stepped in that divine moment and planted that seed that changed my life forever. See, your seed connects you to God's supply. Let me move quickly. The seed you sow will stop the devil in his tracks. There's one thing the devil cannot climb over, and it's your seed. When Malachi said he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, it means he will stop him in his tracks. Third, your seed will activate the power of God. You see, an acre of property can lay out here dormant for years. But somebody comes along and puts a seed in it. Guess what happens? Everything in that ground starts working. Everything starts coming to that seed. It attracts sunshine. It attracts rain. It attracts the nutrients in the earth. Everything starts moving. That's what happens when a child of God puts a seed in the ground. I was at Daystar Television in, in uh, Dallas, Texas, a young man that drove me to the studio, he was so pressed. I said, son, what's wrong? He said, my wife and I are about to lose our home. We got to go to the bank tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, watch me tonight. I'm going to speak and I'm going to challenge people to give. You do what God's telling you to do. I challenged people to give $1,000. He called, made a pledge. When I read the pledge, somebody that knew him called and said, I'm going to pay that pledge for you. I gave him my cell number. I said, you let me know what happens at the bank tomorrow. He called me that afternoon rejoicing. He said, the bank said, we got to find a way for you to be able to keep your house. He's still in his house. His kids still have a home. You know why? Because he planted a seed in the right place at the right time. Your seed, number four, will defy world conditions. You see, the seed don't check with the stock market. The seed's not political. <laughs> Come on. The seed just knows that's the word of God. I got to do what the word of God said I do. If they plant me, I got to come up and I got to multiply. That's all the seed knows. Isaiah or, or, or Isaac in Genesis 26 planted his seed in the time of famine. You know the story. What happened? In that year, he got a hundredfold. That's what the Bible says. Come on. Now, number five. Your seed will move the hand of God in action. Let me tell you what I learned early on in my life, and it's this. Number one, God's heart's moved by my need, but God's hand is moved by my seed. And some Christians can't understand why after crying at the altar for 30 minutes, they don't get anything. And then somebody else in church, that's, that's really not even living right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They can bring a seed. And man, as soon as they plant that seed, here comes God. Well, that's scriptural. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 in the Amplified Bible said, God prizes above every other thing and is unwilling to abandon a prompt giver whose heart's in giving. Praise the Lord. Let me hurry. Number six, your seed guarantees a harvest. My neighbor, about two years ago, 
We didn't have any rain. He had 1,700 acres of corn. We didn't have any rain, so he didn't have a good crop. I went down to ask him the next year. I said, Ronnie, what are you going to do this year? He said, I'm going to plant twice as much. (laughs) You see, that's what Christians need to understand. We don't know why, but this seed over here may not produce what we need. But we don't stop sowing. We keep on sowing until everywhere we turn, supernatural things are happening in our life. Praise God. And let me, let me close with this. The size of your seed will determine the size of your harvest. Dr. Mike Murdoch has been a friend of mine for years. Dr. John Evanzini has been a friend of mine for years. Uh, we've talked about this before. And I don't understand why, but there's something happens at a level where people step into faith and give $1,000 that don't happen at other levels. And I've got testimony after testimony. Uh, I pulled two or three off of my, off of my uh, computer this morning and just wrote them down quickly. man in Houston, Texas, he was unemployed. He was behind on his house payment. He heard me preaching on sowing seed, and he called and made a $1,000 pledge. Very next week, the bank called him. He only owed 17000 on his mortgage. The bank called him, handed him the deed to his property, said, you've been a good customer. We feel like helping you out. We know you've had a tough time. And all of a sudden, his house was paid off. Two days later, he gets the best job that he's ever got in his life. Coincidental? I don't think so. I think it was the seed activated the hand of God and began to move things in their life. Uh, just a few weeks back, I, I had dinner with a couple that was in a meeting I preached in Louisiana and they wanted to build a new home debt-free. They heard me talk about being debt-free. They wanted to build a new home debt-free, but they didn't see any way possible. So they brought me a $1,000 seed and said, would you pray God will help us to build a house debt-free? Right after that, now they're in the poorest parish in Louisiana, all right? Right after that, the oil company came in and began to ask people if they could drill on their property. And they found oil on this couple's property and they leased the property from them. Come on. They took the money they got, built them a brand new house debt free. And they get residuals every month from the oil that's coming out of their property. Oh my Lord. Let me tell you something. You, the power of one seed planted in the right place at the right time. Another couple told me they're sitting in church uh, just a short time ago and uh, they've got a house that's been for sale for a year. Nobody's looked at it. It's 12 o'clock noon when they decide I'm going to plant a $1,000 seed. So they did. At 3 that afternoon, they get a call. And a man says, take the sign out of the yard. I drove by. I want the house. I'll pay you top dollar and I'll pay you cash. Coincidental? No. The seed moved the hand of God into action. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to remember, beloved, praise God. We serve God. He's the one that parted the Red Sea. He's the one that brought manna out of heaven. He's the one that brought water out of a rock. He is the one that brought down the walls of Jericho. He, come on, he's the one that multiplied the fishes and the loaves. He's the one that told Peter where coins were in a fish's mouth. That's the God we serve. Now, I want to I wanna just stop and I want to talk to you. I want to help you. You see, it's not enough for me to be debt free. It's not enough for me to be prosperous. I want you to be prosperous. That's why I'm here. I'm here to share my anointing with you. 
I'm here to preach and create an opportunity for you to do something that's going to change your life forever. As I was praying this morning, the Lord said, I'm going to have 120 people in front of their television set that I want to break the spirit of debt and I want to bring a hundredfold increase in their life in a way like they have never experienced. And he told me to challenge you to dial the number on your screen and say, I want to be one of those 120. Or you can do it by email, however you feel led to do it. But 120 that will say, I'm going to plant this $1,000 seed And I'm going to give this donation to Inspirational Ministries because I believe that it's the right place and it's the right time. Now, are you going to keep the seed in your pocket? Or are you going to plant the seed and make the donation? I believe there's 120 that God's talking to. Maybe you've never given a thousand dollars. That's we understand that. I just shared with you how I never had given a thousand, but it unlocked something in my life. I've heard Dr. Murdoch say years and years how that one thousand dollar seed that he got from some song royalties began to change his life forever. And I've talked with numerous people and that thousand dollar seed literally changed their life forever and you never know what's on the other side of your obedience God said this to me last year it was the most powerful thing I believe he ever spoke to me he said son I'm not obligated to you beyond opportunity He said, I will create the opportunity for you to change things. But if you're not willing to step into that moment of opportunity, I'm not obligated to you. He said, I gave the woman in 1 Kings an opportunity to bake a cake. He said, if she hadn't baked that cake, she would have died. Her son would have died. I wasn't obligated to her beyond opportunity. And I believe there's 120 people watching me today. And you need a miracle in your life. And God's creating an opportunity for you to plant a seed, to make a $1,000 donation that can change your life forever. The question is, are you going to step into this moment of opportunity? I'm convinced I'd be in hell today had I not answered the altar call that night and give my heart to Jesus. And I'm sure some in this studio and watching me by television, if you hadn't stepped into that moment, you might be in hell today, but you took advantage of that opportunity. I remember when God spoke to me and said, I want to use you to preach the gospel. I didn't just get up out of bed one morning and just all of a sudden start preaching. You know what? The first year of my ministry was a green dumpster 
in front of the Piggly Wiggly <laughs> with a borrowed Bible because I couldn't afford to buy one. But every Saturday morning, I stood on that dumpster and I preached the gospel. And that first year, I prayed with over 1,100 people that knelt down at that dumpster and gave their heart and life to Jesus. God created the opportunity. I stepped in the moment. I'm going to pray and I'm going to count to three. When I say three, I want you to go to your phone, 120. Say, I want to make that $1,000 donation in Inspirational Ministries. And I'm going to believe that the spirit of debt is going to be broken. Listen, you've never ever saw a person in your life that hates debt more than this preacher that's standing in front of you right now. Debt is destroying this nation of America. Our national debt increases at $2.6 million every 60 seconds. God can break the spirit of debt. He's a God of more than enough. Father, don't let these 120 I'm talking to right now, whether they're in this studio, whether they're watching me by television, I pray that you will arrest these 120, that you will cause them to have the faith to move to their phones quickly or to their internet quickly and obey you because I know, Lord, that there is miracles on the other side of their obedience. I pray the spirit of debt will be broken the moment they start dialing the phone. I pray, Lord, that you'll supernaturally deliver them out of debt. I pray, God, that you'll open the windows of heaven and begin to pour out a hundredfold anointing on their lives in the name of Jesus. One, get ready. Two, come on, don't miss this moment of opportunity. Three, go to the phone, make that donation right now. God wants to deliver you from the spirit of debt. God wants to unlock a hundredfold anointing in your life. Listen, reason I love America, 102 pilgrims got into a boat, 26 foot wide, 113 foot long, came across the ocean, stepped out, read the Mayflower Compact, said we're going to build a nation for the glory of God. The first winter, 44 of those 102 died. Starvation and cold left 58. Their corn, like this corn I hold in my hand. Listen, I, I, let me show you something here. Their corn ration was six kernels a day. You see that? Those 58 pilgrims plowed up a 21-acre field and each one of them took their six kernels and planted And when harvest came, 58 pilgrims and 80 Indians spent three days feasting on the harvest. You want to look, you want to see where the affluence of America came from? Go back to those people that made that sacrifice. That seed activated God. And regardless of what anybody says to you, we are a Christian nation founded on Christian principles. We are. That is our heritage. And around the world, Australia, Europe, I've preached in your countries. I love your countries. I'm an American. I love America. 
I want to challenge you from around the world, 120. I know God spoke to me this morning. I prayed for you before I ever came to the studio. You need to obey God with that $1,000 donation today. And I know that you're doing it. Praise God. There's a man down on the corner Holding a sign You know I think he's right Says the end of time Saw a newsman on TV In a Colorado town Telling how some madman Shot innocent people down God, I hate to think what lies ahead we don't get back to the Bible Start doing what Jesus said We gotta pray Like we've never prayed before We gotta fight Like a soldier in a war Take a stand Every woman and every man Down on our knees We gotta beg and plead we can't give up We can't give in Till God blesses America again I wonder what old Thomas Jefferson would say If he could come back from the grave And talk to us today would he tell us that this country is just what he had in mind? Or would repent and turn to God be the words he cried? All of this low living comes with a high cost And America needs to wake up before everything is lost We gotta pray like we gotta fight Like a soldier in a war Take a stand Every woman and every man Down on our knees We gotta beg and plead We can't give up We can't give in Till God blesses America again Time to put the Ten Commandments Back on the courthouse square Put God's Word back in our schools Open every day with prayer Let all the preachers Start preaching against sin And maybe then Maybe then God will bless America again Maybe then, maybe then, maybe then, maybe then, God will bless America again.
wife showed me a picture on Facebook the other day of a tree splitting a huge boulder in half. And the caption was the power of a seed. That boulder landed on a seed somehow and that seed eventually split that boulder in half. And it didn't happen overnight. It took time for that tree to grow and split that boulder. And we're praying today for each and every one of you out there that are planting seeds in this ministry. We thank you. We appreciate it. You're what keeps us going in this ministry and reaching so many people, all those people all across the country that we hear from daily that have given their heart to the Lord. It's because of your seed. So thank you very much. And there's somebody listening to this message today that doesn't even know Jesus Christ. This may be their day that they need to say yes to Jesus. And we don't like to close any program without offering you the chance to give Jesus your heart. So if you're lost, if you don't know Jesus, pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, help me to surrender my life right now to you. And Lord, I ask that you take out my old heart and put a new heart in me just like that song that James Payne sang. Lord, make me that new man. Make me that new person in Jesus Christ. And I will give you my heart, my soul, and my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We want you to give us a call. Our phone number is 618-383-2107. And we're going to end today's program like we end most of our programs. That's with my testimony in song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell. And now we've got a new songwriting partner, Dennis McKay, and he has helped us with this song and brought it up to a new level. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree off of our Lonesome Road, Volume 1. And yes, you'll be able to get a copy of this CD by calling us 618 383 2107. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree. At the crossroads of life, lost without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome. The end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery of the tree 
are rolling down that old lonesome road, and I shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be, and I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past, but I called his name. This chance could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus. Hanging on that tree, and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross, broken-hearted and lonesome. So long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery. The foot of the tree. Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Broken-hearted and lonesome, so long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.